Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank, I can't believe that my audio didn't record for the last hour so you didn't get any of the magic that we made. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you DBS advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon again. Oh, you should have heard the first time. It was so yeah, good. I bet, I bet it's going to be even better. This is the difference you, between us. I'm like, we're going to knock it out of the park now. We're all loose. We've, we, we're going we're gonna to find ways to make those jokes, but faster and funnier. For Great. example, John, did yeah. you know that the Scarecrow from mm-hmm. The Wizard of Oz, yep. you haven't heard this one before, have you? I haven't. No, was, it's all new to was, me. Uh, was the first non-human to ever win an Oscar? Because the Academy Awards are, of course, coming up, John. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, he was really outstanding in his field. But then not any then he decided to not be anymore and he got himself a brain and now he's got a podcast where he does true crime. He does true crime. He's like <laughs> it's all bird related. His his obsession is with the crimes that birds commit against crops and scarecrows. Yeah. 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 What's it called? Maybe he's a, maybe he's like a bird conspiracy theorist. Maybe he's that uh, guy yeah. who doesn't think birds exist. Birds aren't real on Instagram. Trust me, I'm a scarecrow. The scarecrow from the Wizard I've of Oz. I've seen him up close. <sighs> yeah. What, what would it be like to be a bird? Anyway, what would it be let's like to be questions? a scarecrow. No That's one it. knows, John. No. First, yeah. I have to ask you a question. Oh, sure. How are your project for Awesome Perks going? Oh, yeah. The Project for Awesome just happened. We raised over $3 million for charity. Thank you to everybody who donated. We're so grateful. And it was such it was just an amazing, amazing weekend. I am still tired. I have not fully recovered. I think Hank is fully recovered, but he is younger than I am. <laughs> I was going- way, way more tired this year. than. Yeah. It's definitely catching up to me. Like, it's not yeah. as easy as it used to be to to, no. to to stay up real late. We d- so I wouldn't have an episode last week. It's because we were sleeping the day that we normally record that. Yep. It was the Monday after the pre for And I slept more than I have slept in years. I slept for like wow. 11 hours straight. It was wild. Wow. That probably would have done me well. I didn't yeah. sleep late. I got up and took Henry to school at 640 in the morning. 
Oh, and yeah. so maybe I, maybe I that's part of why I'm still tired. But yeah. my perk perks are going fine. They're going great. I am making all of these pieces of pottery that people bought and I've I've made about 20 of the 60 that I have to make. Mm-hmm. Although some will no doubt blow up in the kiln when I fire them. And so I'll have to make more than 60. But yeah, it's going all right so far. How about you? It's good. We I I made a huge miscalculation but thankfully, Catherine saved me. I thought I was going to make 800 of these hankler fish things on tiny canvases. Mm-hmm. And I probably could have pulled that off. But I did not realize that every single one of the tiny canvases would be, in order to protect the canvas, individually shrink-wrapped. Oh, no. So the process of... Ju- I mean, I have, I've started making the hankler fish, but I have not unwrapped all of the canvases yet. Right. Like, that so becomes I'm, half the work. It's so... It's like involves a knife, so I have to be careful. Mm-hmm. But I'm like trying to like listen to a podcast or something, and my brain's just like flow state, but then like disconnected, and I can't. Oh my god, I'm, it's draining. But it is what it is. I'm doing the work. I'd I'd rather be making the art, but instead I am unwrapping canvases, which is part of making the art, right? Like sure. normalize process as part of creation. Mm-hmm. Normalized process. This first question comes from Lily, who writes, Hi, 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 hi. Do mouse burp? John, I'm glad that you asked this question a second time. <laughs> that was the, uh, that was the, the I, I read the question word for word. That is Do what mouse it says. burp. Do mouse hi, burp. Hi, 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 Do mouse burp. Do I, mouse burp. I, well, there is a, so I, I looked this up. And Deboki and I both went all over the internet trying to find the answer to this question. There is misinformation about this, which is that if you feed mice like baking soda or just like Coca-Cola, that they will die because they can mm. neither burp nor fart. Mm. So the gas just builds up inside of them. You just fill this them is up. Not, this is not true. That's they can definitely true. fart. It doesn't make any sense that they wouldn't be able to fart. If you can get poop like, out of there, you can get air solids out of Solids out of your... Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... But but maybe and I can't I couldn't quite get to the bottom of this. Maybe uh, they like m- mice and rats can't puke. Oh, which might also mean that they can't burp. Oh, if that's like a similar brain thing or a similar physiological thing that like mm-hmm. their mouth is a one way hole. Mm. And I but I don't I couldn't it does I don't know it it you, you couldn't find evidence either. It way. seems to be a thing that we literally do not know about the world. We do, there's Man. among the many things that we do not understand about mice. One of them is, and how would you even measure it? How would you how would you tell? Yeah, like maybe there's a really little you'd burp. Have to, like how would you know? You'd have to ask, and this right. is part of the problem, right? Like you can't ask the hard thing. I mean, I'm more like a mouse, Hank, than I am like almost any other creature on Earth, right? Like over ninety percent <laughs> of Earth oh, by I biomass. See. is plant or bacteria. I'm not Uh very much like a fern. I'm not very much like E. coli. No, you're much more like a mouse. Even after you get to all that stuff, right? Like almost all the animal, almost all of life is not animals. And then almost all the animals are insects. You got to go so far down the line to Mm -hmm. get to the differences between me and a mouse, even among living things. And yet- Yeah, you can't even tell if they burp. I have no, not only that, I don't have any idea what it's like to be a mouse. Is it pleasant? Is it desirable? Is it a, like, 
sometimes I think, well, I bet mice sort of live in a flow state, you know, where they're just doing mouse right. stuff. They're just thinking uh -huh. about food. They're thinking mm. about their family. They want to be warm. They're in, you know, they're just they're doing the work. They're, they're, just yeah. being mouse, being mouse. They're playing, they're playing level seven Tetris, right? Yeah. Where like you're good enough to not die for a really long time. And then you die, <laughs> right? Like, and and or, that's, but it might not be like that. They might, might be scared might all the time. They might be constant. Like they look Total a little terror. bit scared all the time. I think I would be scared all the time. Yeah. If I was a mouse out in the world, oh god, surrounded by like foxes and raccoons and and cold and yeah, like what do I eat? I don't know what what to eat. No. Dude, I'm in a closet right now, and I'm still scanning my surroundings four times a second for threats. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're not even a mouse. And I'm, like, looking for mice, right? Like, I'm scared that there's going to be a mouse in the closet. And so if you if you shrink, is it like that? Is it just, like, constant fear of other animals yeah. and trying to find food and feeling cold all the time and not enjoying the rain? Like, do they – are they bothered by the rain? Like when they're outside and it's raining, are they like, oh, God, I wish it would just stop raining? Or are they oh, yeah. like, this is great. I like this. This this is life. This is Everything levels. is a different thing. You never know what, what piece is going to be next on level seven Tetris, but there's going to be another piece. Yeah. I don't think they like the rain. I think they're sad little mice, but I don't know. But you don't I do. What is, what, is, what is sadness even to a mouse? I think- I, I I think it's like Camus. We must imagine, just like we must imagine Sisyphus is happy, we must imagine mice is happy. I guess. I don't know that reference. This next question comes from Maggie, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I'm Do sure you people will love Sisyphus? it. Do you know about Sisyphus? I know about Sisyphus, but Camus says he should be happy. He seems no. definitely not happy. We must... Okay. That's it. it seems like a big, yeah, complicated philosophical thing. You should, you should read happy. the essay. I'm not going to be able to summarize exactly. It I didn't think you'd be able to. Okay. This next question comes from Maggie, who asks, "Dear Hank and John, does skiing get better? Have you ever been skiing? This weekend, I went for the first time with my boyfriend and some friends, and I'm uh, mm. a little terrified of skiing. Yeah. Going up small hills, very hard part. Uh, now, up. I, yeah, going up small hills is the hardest and the worst. Wait, like, you have to go like, up the hills." Are you talking about like a toe line where you have to like hold onto the toe line? Because that is that is not good. I'm just asking. How, are you I talking about know. getting on the ski lift? Which is also I don't like the. Ski I don't lift. know how you go up the hill. Do you get the on ski the ski lift? I think the ski, ski lift lifts are scary. Might be the most terrifying part of skiing, and that's saying something because every part it's is all terrifying. quite scary. Yeah, no. I mean, you put me on skis. I yeah. am what Hank imagines a mouse to be. There, it's funny because when I got on a ski lift, my like only time i ever went skiing i got on the ski lift and i was like this looks very scary and everybody was like no it's fine you'll be fine nobody ever gets hurt on the ski lift right and now i know that was a lie people get hurt on the ski lift all the time oh yeah specifically getting on and off the part that i was most scared about so i was yeah. right but they were also right to try and calm me down about it because it doesn't necessarily help to be super freaked out anyway yeah i did a um I did a pretty intense hike recently. Yeah. And we had to scramble up a rock face that mm -hmm. was quite quite steep. And as we were going up it, like I noticed that my friend Craig got pretty serious. He's generally a jovial outdoorsman, but he mm. got quite focused. And mm. he was like, You need to put your foot there, you need to put your foot here. And I was like, Yeah, no, I, I great, thank you. 
And then we'd like make it up to a little landing and he'd be like, that was great. We're doing great. Don't look back. And I was like, all right, wait, is this, are are we in a stressful situation? Um, (laughs) Am I in danger? Yeah. Like I was good to, he said, don't look back. Don't look back at what? Like, and then I, I, I did look back and I was like, oh, I could die out here. <laughs> yeah. This is like that place where that guy got his arm stuck in that thing. <laughs> is that where we are and right I, now? I don't have the courage for that. We all know how my 127 hours ends. Anyway, back <laughs> anyway, to skiing. Maggie says that Maggie's partner loves to ski mm. and Maggie wants to try it out. How do I get better at this terrible sport? Now, Hank and I are going to have very different answers for this because... And we know this because we've done it before. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't heard about the rock climb, though. That was new. Yeah, no, I, 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 I you never know what's something a little. You never know what's fresh and what's what's not. Yeah. So, I've only been skiing once. I've been cross country skiing a bunch of times, but I've only been downhill skiing once, and it was with my famous uncle Baxter, Sarah's uncle Uncle Baxter, Baxter. with the classic highball glasses, a a classic character in the Mm -hmm. green cinematic universe. And Uncle Baxter's strategy for teaching somebody how to ski is to put skis on their feet and then send them down a hill and kind of as you go, instruct you in the, in the ways of making a pizza slice. Yeah, yeah. And that worked. It worked OK for uh-huh. the first few minutes. But then I started to pick up speed and... I was I was cooking. This is a very minor hill. This is like a bunny slope, but uh-huh. b- but when you're um, when you have no way to slow down, you will continue to accelerate, and uh-huh. yeah, that's what happened to me. Until I um, I hit a tree, and the ski patrol had to come, and they were like, "How on earth did you manage to hit a tree on this hill <laughs> that has a slope of oh, less than on, one guys. degree?" <laughs> You, you know. They were like, I don't, I'm not in control. Was Never. it on purpose? And I was like, no, look at me. You know, like, <laughs> do I look like somebody who knows how to ski? Of course I don't. Here's my strategy, Maggie. And, and Hank's going to tell you all about how, you know, you got to get up every don't time. Don't tell him what I'm going to tell. And, yeah, yada, yada, yada. Let me tell here's, it. Here's my strategy. And this is my, I learned this from my friend Linda. Her partner, Alex, loves to ski. And Linda's position is, I love that you love to ski. And I love being here at this ski lodge with you. And mm. I will be here by the fire reading a book when you get back. Right. Which is And it's fine. just a nice relaxing time on vacation, which is a dream. Like to have a whole day to read a book. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I think that that is, that is lovely. Or. I will also say. <laughs> That uh, I am really grateful to former me for learning things and 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 getting up when it was frustrating. So the first day is obviously always going to be the worst. And the trick is to to find the point at which learning to ski becomes a little bit fun, uh, because that learning to ski is a very different thing from skiing. Learning a new skill is a very different thing from from practicing that skill. Now, you're always going to be getting better at skiing. There's no one who's sort of like, ah, I did it. I'm, I'm as good as I could possibly be. Even, you know, elite slalom ski racers, I'm sure, 
think about how they could do better. But I had this experience. So this is weird, but I had this experience this morning. I was playing voice memos on my phone, like old voice memos. I was like, what are all of these? And one of them was Oren. And I, because I had started, because he said something cute. So I started recording it. And, and I said, so how many babies are there? And he said, 20. I think there are 20 babies. And this was two years ago. And then I, uh, I said, well, how many people do you think there are? Because like, there's more people than babies, but like, how many people are there? And he said, 15. And I was like, no, that's less than 20. So like, it's a, like, there's more than 20 babies. There's definitely more than 20 people. Mm. He said, no, 15 is bigger than 20. Yeah. And I was reminded of how much it does I know in a way. Yeah, it just yeah. sort of like feels 15. like a bigger word. Yeah, it's a lot more going on than 20. Yeah, 20. They should. That's how it should be done, Hank. Just by the it vibes. Should, by vibe. Well, yeah. well, but like he's right. 15 is bigger than 20. And mm-hmm. it should be it should be that like when you get to a billion, it takes you a couple minutes to say it. And so we can't even talk about billionaires. Right. Because we yeah. have to talk about we have to talk about a word that's much longer than billionaire. That's a little shameful. Like a little embarrassing, <laughs> like, isn't it? A little embarrassing how long it takes to yeah to say to describe the yourself? thing that represents your net worth. Yeah, like what do you do? Well, I'm a scoobity doobity flippity floppity happity hoppity. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh right, oh, one of those. Yeah. God, so yeah. lame. Why don't you give some of your money away so you can just be a scoobity doobity hippity hoppity? Be much easier. It was just remarkable to. And I think that I, I think I'm going to play it for him uh, tonight because he's been struggling with with this very thing where like, as we all do, where it's, you know, he's learning how to ice skate and there are days when he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't feel like he's getting better. He's way better now, but he like can't feel that. So and right. I've said this before. The important thing is feeling the progress. And if you yeah. can feel the progress, it becomes much easier to continue to develop a skill. But also. Uh, it's it's about what you what you want to do, uh, and I hope that everybody is. It seems like everybody's like uh, being well well supported uh, on the ski hill, but it's never fun to be the person who's worst at the thing, you know. Just to get to Oren's point about the fifteen or the twenty, Hank's point is that when Oren was little, he thought that the biggest number yeah. in the world was fifteen, and now Oren can do all of the math. Yeah, he's now he can do a bunch of stuff, and he knows so many things, and it only took two years. He probably knows how many babies were born this year. I wouldn't be at all surprised if he was he like, that. 21 million, Dad. He does occasionally know some weird thing that I, like, I'm like, how do you know that? And he's like, oh, YouTube video? I'm like, oh right. God. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Henry said to me recently, how long do you think you could live in a supermarket you know, like in a zombie apocalypse yeah. situation, eating mm-hmm. only the food in the supermarket. Interesting. That's a great question. And I bet there are some supermarkets in America that one person could live forever in, like their whole whole life. Well, it turns out that there is a MatPat video on this very topic. <laughs> and <laughs> the conclusion is indeed, you're good. You can, you <laughs> you can, can make this work. You can probably do it. With a little bit of composting, you'll be all right. <laughs> right because you could you could then grow some food you're saying yeah you would eventually you, but you could like you got to pop those corn kernels off and start to make some corn put some of those potatoes uh cut them up make yeah, some seed potatoes like and you'll okay. probably be good you, yeah 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 because also like the canned food is good for a long time yeah 
basically forever. But you would eventually start to have to make your own food. Interesting. Of course, there's a MatPat video about it. Of course. And I don't get that one. John, let's do a fresh one. One that we didn't do the first time. This one's from Amanda, who asks, okay. Dear Hank and John, why does it feel too late to start a movie, but not too late for me to binge an equivalent amount of TV? Amanda. I will also add an equivalent amount of 15-second-long videos. Yeah. I will watch 15-second videos for two hours right after saying, no, I can't watch that thing I very much want to watch because it's Mm -hmm. two hours long. Mm -hmm. What is wrong? Oh, yeah. No, the the movie business has a big problem, right? Uh And it's us. (laughs) And it's us, which is that movies seem a little bit like work. Um, in the yeah. way that books used to, like I loved reading mm. books as a kid, but I also was conscious of the fact that they were a little bit of work. Whereas watching a movie mm-hmm. was a break from yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like watching a movie was pure entertainment, and reading a book was like entertainment, but also right. with a slightly medicinal taste. Yeah, yeah. Which is still how I feel. Like, I'd rather my son be reading a graphic novel than watching a YouTube video. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. And I and I think if we interrogated that deeply, there would be some reasons for it and some just biases, right? Yeah, yeah. But now, when I sit down to watch a movie... It doesn't feel that. It feels a little bit like that. It feels like, oh, this is a big investment. It's probably going to uh-huh. take a few minutes to get going. There's probably uh-huh. going to be some like backstory I got to pay attention to that's going to pay <laughs> off later. Chekhov's gun's going to show up in the first act just so so that it can be shot in the third act. Like there's going to be, I gotta I gotta focus in, or I can watch TikToks. And they ask, <laughs> and it, like, I'll be in it and it can yeah. last exactly how long I want it to last. Yeah. Well, which no, is it, always more than I think. Exactly. It will. It, it will last much longer than I want it to last because I'm uh-huh. going to be so excited by it and so into it. And right. well, it's is, is it even that or is it the promise of the new thing that you're not even watching yet? That's what I think it is. Oh, you think it's about the it's next there's, TikTok. There's there's a some there's something two two TikToks down. That is actually the TikTok I want to see. I mean, what what a wild way to recreate the idea of consuming video. Yep. And I like, I know that I'm in it, thick in it. I'm like, I am a, I'm consume TikToks. I watch TikToks, but I do not feel good about it. No. All the time. No. Like there are days when I'm like, this is so fun. But a lot of time I'm like, this is not like we we do not know the experiment we're doing on ourselves right now. There's so many experiments that um, are uncontrolled that we're doing on humanity right now. Right. From chat GPT yeah. to self-driving cars to TikTok to Twitter. We are we are in an era of corporations being freely able to experiment <laughs> upon us. But, yeah, but, for sure. But I think it's really interesting and and kind of freaky that mm-hmm. we've made this fairly sudden transition where like even my kids still love watching movies, but if you give them the choice between an hour or an indeterminate period of time watching YouTube shorts or an, or an ind- or or watching a movie, they're usually going to mm-hmm. watch YouTube shorts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And YouTube shorts are free. They don't cost $200 million to make. Yeah. 
And they basically make themselves. Right. They sort of make themselves. And it's a little hard to make movies that way. <laughs> you know, like, and so I, I, I don't know what to do about it. Like, I'm suitably freaked out. And I think most of the technology, most of the media companies out there are suitably freaked out. Like, I think that they're genuinely thinking, well, how do we release a movie like Turtles All the Way Down? And mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. The movie's really, really good. But like, how do you release it? I don't know. It's the same. Pro- I mean, yeah. So it has some of the same challenges that books had maybe 30, 40 years ago. And books figured it out. Yeah. Books are still figuring it out. You know, like the size of the publishing industry hasn't really shrunk that much as a result of the TikTokification of human attention. So mm-hmm. there's some hope there. But man, it is a weird phenomenon. It's a weird moment to be in and to be a part of, I guess, as we all are. This next question comes from Colson, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I recently acquired a yo-yo, and ever since then, a question has been on my mind. Could I yo-yo while skydiving? I'm not planning on going skydiving anytime soon, but if I ever do, I feel like yo-yoing while plummeting toward the earth would be really cool. Just an average yo, Colson. Hank, can you yo-yo while skydiving? I think you cannot yo down when you are skydive yo-yoing certainly not because it's just gonna get blown back up it's gonna get blown back up to you faster than the string can pull it to you it's almost like the problem isn't that the like you need the yo-yo to to wind its way back up the string and if you're if it's being blown up at you it won't wind so it might be spinning but it'll be coming up faster so it won't be able to rewind that's not the only problem you need to do but yeah, I, I know agree. it's one of the problems, yeah. but that means you definitely can't yo down because right. it's going to get blown so right you back have to you, unless you're really fast. You have to turn yourself around away turn from yourself, you're on your back the ground. Well, you're not, uh-huh. you're not on anything. <laughs> That's part of the problem. That's <laughs> <laughs> what's so terrifying you know about what skydiving. You're facing away from the ground. You're looking yeah. up at that plane that you inexplicably just chose to leave. Yeah. And you are, then you yo-yo. And, and then you yo. I agree with you 100%, Hank, that you, in that situation, it uh-huh. should be possible for you to yo. But, but can you, you don't think you can yo. Can you yo-yo? Can you I get mean, I don't know. that this yo-yo is the thing. back I have no to idea. your hand? The, so, so obviously, like, what's good, there's some potential energy in the rotation of the yo-yo that's going to pull itself back down the string against the force of the wind. Is that able to overcome the force of the wind? I don't like, I have no idea. There's definitely a situation in which the wind is strong enough that that is not the case. Right. But have we reached it? There is only one way to find out. And right now there mm. is a person who mm. is listening to this podcast. I'm not sure there who is. is I'm not sure Who's there both is. good at yo-yoing? No. I bet there's a lot of people who are good at yo-yoing. Yeah, I believe in the, in that listenership. The, that part of the Venn diagram circle is quite large. And people, then there, and people then there's who are a really good at yo-yoing. Group. That's I see that Venn diagram. Yep. People who are really good at skydiving and listen to this podcast uh-huh. and yo-yo. So there's one of you out there. Mm. There's one. I'm not sure I'd there is. Probably. There's maybe like 0.75 of you, which means that there is a there is a good chance that you exist. Here's the thing. And the next time you're skydiving, no. I need you to be good mm. at skydiving and good at yo-yoing because nobody's going to get hurt because of this. That That's my concern. 
I, I, yeah. I actually am getting sweaty palms right now just thinking about people know what they're doing. The possibility. And if you're a person who knows, <laughs> you got to be really good at skydiving because I will not be able to live with myself if you die yeah. trying to find out if you can yo-yo while skydiving. Here's what it, here's what's up. You're so you are not you are that person. Okay. If you are that person, yep. you have queued up the podcast to this point in the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna say, now is the time that you jump out of the plane. No oh, go. Oh, He's God. out of the plane. Oh god. The uh, oh, no. I'm very nervous <laughs> for you. Am I adding to your anxiety? No, no, I, stop, stop, stop. Okay. We got now you got it. Your yo-yo is already in your hand, right? Now, yo. And see what happens. Now, do it on your back first and then do it on your front. See if you can do it front ways. Okay. Now, rewind the yo-yo because that didn't work. Now you're falling out of a plane rewinding a yo-yo. This is terrible. Hopefully, you got the new yo-yo GoPro that's got a, 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 a camera inside the yo-yo. It's called the Yo-Pro. And then you uh, yep. do it. Try one more time uh, and then try again. Yep. And now I'm going to need you to pull your parachute because that seemed like a long enough time to me. Maybe it wasn't. You know more than I do. Actually, don't follow any of my instructions with don't. regards to how to skydive. Exactly. Just the yo-yoing part. <laughs> now, you're going to land sometime in the future and I'm going to need you to ideally have had a GoPro strapped on your head during this so that you could send us the footage of you yo-yoing and whether or not it works. But also, it's okay if you just want to email us text-based and you, you don't want to deal with the stress That's of the GoPro. Also, I, just feel, I feel like most skydivers have a GoPro. I'm so anxious right now. Just from you like talking through that, I just, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be held responsible for anybody skydiving, period. Hard stop. It's like asking I me told to you pack- the second one was going to be better yet, John. This is way better. This is way better than the first one. Like, I'm not going to pack the skydiver's backpack, and I'm not going to tell them no. how to jump out of when a plane. When to pull the string. No, oh. I don't even know how it works. All right. That, that all reminds me, though, that this podcast is brought to you by Hank's Yo-Yo Skydiving Instruction School. Hank's Yo-Yo Skydiving Instruction School. <laughs> it's it's free. <laughs> and and it's, it's – that's because that's the value we provide. <laughs> Exactly. You you want to know why this podcast is free? Because it's not that good. (laughs) This podcast is also brought to you by Uncle Baxter. Mm. Uncle Baxter, responsible for John's worst ski day and his best cups. And of course, today's podcast is brought to you by that sweet flow that mice hopefully get in because it's either that or absolute terror all the time until their early death. And also, this podcast is brought to you by the YoPro YoYo GoPro. It's not particularly useful, uh, but felt like it felt like it needed to make it anyway. I feel like I'd People get really GoPro. nauseated watching <laughs> the footage. Watching the footage from a YoYo yeah, GoPro seems right. Yeah. This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know? That uh, about five billion billion. That's I, de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are ninety percent water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away twenty five percent more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe. Turn the New Year's resolution into action that makes a difference by switching to Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's a simple idea. They have refillable cleaning products. They have a nice 
design. I have them in my home. It looks nice on your counter. You fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blue Land tablets, wait for them to dissolve, and you never have to grab bulky, heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery run ever again. And refills, because they're small and you don't have to ship a bunch of water across the country, starts at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets... Laundry tablets, everybody, you know what I mean. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. Blue Land is trusted in over a million homes, including, yeah, mine. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners right now. You can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. Again, blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. So we all know there are things in life that you have to compromise on, but there are two things that you shouldn't compromise on. One is name brand Dr. Pepper. The off-brand stuff just doesn't hit the same. And another is, of course, your health. So don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines or their family group chat or the crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or take your slightly sketchy insurance. Instead, check out ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. And the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. So go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash dear hank zocdoc.com slash dear hank all right hank i want to ask this question from jason who writes dear john and hank is there a limit on how loud a sound can be within our atmosphere could you ever say yes this is the loudest a sound can be and nothing will ever be louder or is there just a limit on how loud we are able to perceive or measure noise dig the show pursuing that brain gold jason so my initial thought was, eh, it's energy and you can sort of like uh, uh, you can put any amount of energy in and, and mm-hmm. there will be more and there's always more energy you could put in. Mm-hmm. But this is not actually the case. In fact, there is a maximum sound oh. of any medium, uh, uh, mm. a maximum volume of any medium. Oh, because at some point, the amount of energy being transferred because sound is a wave that passes through a medium like air or water or whatever. Right. At some point, there is a maximum volume, and that happens when the energy of that wave destroys the medium. (laughs) And so there is a maximum volume. It, like, destroys the atmosphere? Yeah, it rips the air apart. Oh, God. And it becomes an explosion. Oh, God. Really? Yes. And in in air, in our atmosphere... it cannot get higher than 194 decibels. In water, it's 270 decibels because mm. it holds itself together better, I guess. So, And how loud wild. is 194 decibels? That would hurt my ear, I bet. Yeah, I think that that's enough that it would be a big problem. Okay. So the loudest sound in history was the 
Krakatoa eruption. Yeah, and so that was the loudest I, sound yeah. ever experienced by human ears. It uh, flattened approximately eighty thousand trees and shattered windows that were dozens of miles away. That sounds like a bad party, right? And I think that like at the point of the creation of the sound, that wouldn't have been a sound. Oh, um, and and so like there was a there was a a front at which the energy became a sound because it was no longer destroying the medium it was passing through. Mm. Yikes. So like there, there's just like what we're dealing with now is not like the like there's not a maximum amount of energy, but there is a definition of what a sound is. Mm-hmm. And it's a wave being passed through a medium. And so uh so you you it's it's a you know it's semantic, but so that so in a weird way that wasn't the loudest sound because there have been other sounds that were the exact same volume Mm. but it was the loudest sound in that like it could be heard from farther away because the point at which it turned into a sound was farther from the point of the er eruption of the volcano would be my guess Mm. sort of how i'm understanding it all right well i hope i never hear the loudest sound in the world no i think your uh, brain would appreciate i think that your ears would also appreciate that yeah jeez all right, we got another question from Jamie Hank, who writes, Dear John and Hank, what have we learned today? Pumpkins and penguins, <laughs> oh, Jamie. No. What a well, we learned that whatever John was doing the first time you recorded the podcast, you shouldn't not, do it that way in the future. It was not good. You gotta you gotta do you have the waveform in front of you? Like are you looking at it as we record? Yeah, not usually though. I'm usually looking at the document. Mm. But now I'm looking you only at have the waveform. Do you only have one monitor? Yeah, I only have one monitor. I'm. Re- I, what do you mean? I only have one computer. How many computers Are you do you have? Recording this on a laptop? Yeah, You're sitting at a, like a, with a laptop on your lap right now. I don't have a desktop computer because it's 2023. Wow. Oh man, I need all the monitors. Do you? I don't like being surrounded it. by monitors. You recorded the whole. You did out. the whole project for Awesome on a laptop. Yeah, that's why. That's why my video stream was such high quality. All right. Maybe that's, that's not why. how I do it. I watch the waveform the whole time because I'm panicked that I'm going to lose it. Well, now I now I probably will be too. Maybe I need to get like 16 monitors in this little closet, but that or feels could, like it'd be or very. Or you could just like have here. the document on one side and the waveform on the other. I don't know how to do that, man. I'm a, I'm a full screen guy. I'm looking at one thing or I'm looking at another thing. I don't want to be uh, looking at two things. Figure, I think you could figure out how to how to have a little bit of your monitor taken up by the numbers on GarageBand going up. Hank, there's just a fundamental difference between us. And like, I am very sorry that I failed to record the entire podcast. But you got to understand there's a fundamental difference between us, which is that you have a genuine deep desire in your heart to optimize to I make do. things better, to create a stronger workflow, to do the work that results in faster work. And I have a strong desire to do things exactly the same way that I have always done them. I started making YouTube videos in 2007. In 2023, I still have all the hotkeys mapped to what they were in 2007. I have Every time I get <laughs> Adobe Premiere, yeah. I have to tell Adobe Premiere, listen, I know you have all too. these ideas, yeah. but I need you to yeah. go back to 2006 iMovie HD. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's yeah. just different. <clears throat> We're just different people. And I don't I, 
I go back and forth because sometimes I think, oh, I should optimize. And then other times I think like, well, but the way I do it is pretty good. Except for this particular week. (laughs) 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 This wasn't great. But it's still pretty good. I will say if you'd lost all of the footage after we recorded an entire podcast, I would have been very mad at you. And your response was to say, oh, that's great. We'll be much better this time. So trying trying to look on the bright side. <laughs> you're just you're a great person. I got to I got to tell you the news from AFC Wimbledon because it's pretty okay. stinking exciting. Oh, good. Um, and it has nothing worried. to do with the winning and losing because none of that's particularly oh. good news. Um, Rosiana, my longtime producing partner, Rosiana Hulse Rojas and I have become sponsors, Hank, of AFC Wimbledon's first team women's team who also mm. play in the fourth tier of uh, English soccer and are very close to the top of the table. In fact, they just beat 4-0, the only team above them in the table, hashtag United, um, handing that team their first loss of the season and uh, reigniting, I think it's safe to say, Uh, a nascent title race with 10 or 11 games left in the season. Um, AFC Wimbledon's women's team has historically been really good, but also it's hard to, it's like women's football is just really, really hard. And so Rosiana and I have decided to sponsor the team where on the back of the shorts for the remainder of this season, but next season will be on the back of the shirts. And um, we are choosing not to have like our names as the sponsor, but in, instead to have the AFC Wimbledon w- women's team sponsored by Partners in Health. Ah. It's the second team that uh, Partners in Health is on the shirt of. They're also on the shirt of one of the uh, best soccer teams in Peru that play in Lima. And this is really exciting. Uh, So I'm really excited to be sponsoring the women's team as well as the men's team and to have Rosiana participating in that with me. Uh, We've we've really enjoyed getting to uh, know some of the team behind the scenes that are making it work and really appreciate Wimbledon's longstanding support of the women's game and want to see it grow and grow. So, yeah, pretty exciting. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. We've got a real chance at promotion this year, so we could be a third tier. That's exciting. uh, Women's soccer team starting next season. Yes. As for the men's team, very unlikely uh, that we will be a third tier English soccer team next year. There was some kind of vague hope for the playoffs. But then we went and lost to Gillingham or possibly Gillingham. Very frustrating result. We were 1-0 up. And, of Mm. course, there is nothing in this world more dangerous than a Wimbledon lead. Uh, We were also Mm -hmm. 2-0 up against Hartlepool last week, and we ended up tying that game. And then we ended up losing to Gillingham or possibly Gillingham. So now um, comfortably in 14th. The main thing about Wimbledon season at this point is not getting relegated. That's priority number one. We got to win three of our last 13 games to not get relegated. So let's just try to do that. That seems doable. Just uh, some of those have to be about uh, against pretty bad teams, right? Yeah. I mean, Gillingham or possibly Gillingham are pretty bad. But yes, yes. There's mm, actually okay. there's two teams this year that look really, really bad. Um, 
and they may be, may be the two that get relegated. But we've uh, we've just ignited a new rivalry, a surprise rivalry with Hartlepool, because uh, after they came from behind to score two goals, they were very their official Twitter was very rude to us about the franchise currently <laughs> applying its trade in Milton Keynes. And oh no! There has uh, since then been a significant uptick in Hartlepool hate, especially on my Twitter, my sports Twitter, where um, essentially every time Hartlepool uh, anything bad happens to them, I just remind them that they were going to be fine until they had to bring that up. <laughs> Well, this week in Mars news, we have bad news. So you oh, might have, yeah. ha, remember that the Zhurong rover, yep. China's Mars rover, has been on Mars for about a year. Um, and that from what we can tell, it hasn't been doing anything or right. being been being talked to for a while. Right. Well, the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter released some, some images that showed that the rover has been not moving between oh. September 7th and February 8th. So it looks like uh, it, after it entered hibernation for like the Martian winter, it, it did wake not up. wake back up, mm. which happens for a lot of different reasons. You got like solar panel problems. You got software problems. We haven't heard any uh, updates from the China National Space Administration, uh, but it was going to be originally a three-month-long uh, mission. That was sort of the the inside of the goal for the mission and it did last a year so that's a good accomplishment for it but it looks like it is done yeah i mean that's disappointing you know and it speaks to how hard it is it's hard to Mm -hmm. create a rover that can wake up after going into hibernation during the martian winter Mm -hmm. right like it's just a reminder of Every time that we succeed, how improbable it is to be able to learn yep. about the surface of a distant planet. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. I really admire the people who do it, and I'm sure it's just absolute heartbreak when when that's the outcome. They got there. They did. They did some other thing. Yeah, but still, you know, I'm so, sure that's also what they're yeah. telling themselves. It's a mix of like, yeah. well, you know, we accomplished a lot, and. Mm-hmm. I wish we'd accomplished more, which is the feeling that most of us have most of the time, you know? I guess. This novel is good, but I wish it was better. And that's my main feeling. Yeah, when can't I'm we just be satisfied? No, that's not a, that's not on the table, I guess. John, thank you for making a podcast with me. Oh, even basically two of them. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to send your questions to us, we are at hankandjohn at gmail.com. We can't make a podcast without questions, and we love them very much. Uh, so many cool and good things come into that inbox. We're about to go record our Patreon-only podcast, This Week in Stuff, where we talk about things that we liked this week. Um, and you can get that at patreon.com slash John. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals-Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Brooke Shotwell. Our editorial assistant is Tabuki Chakravarti. The music you're hearing now at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't forget to be, be awesome. awesome.